Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, we hadn't talked about it yet this morning, so let's jump in. What did you guys think about the games? Oi. <laughs> you know what? You're a bummer. I, I got it. That's funny that you said that. Yeah. Because I don't know if I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I feel like I wasted... Well, I would. I always work on commercials now. Yeah, yeah. Like I get up and do honeydews and stuff like that. And I change water filters and yeah, all because those commercials are long. Forever in a month of Sundays, yeah. you could go for a light jog and come so, back. I know you. And they really happen could. about every minute and a half. It's crazy really commercials. Yeah. It's crazy. That's why I kind of am liking soccer a little bit more. Oh yeah, Cause yeah. Because it's just they straight. roll out the ball. It's straight half. <laughs> yes. And then you got a half an hour of commercials. No, yeah. fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. And then you got. How many more minutes? Another 40 45 mi- minutes of game. Without penalty minutes. Yeah. So it's uh, that's why I love soccer. Poor soccer, guys. I know. They can't make money get a bad like, rap here like Roger can. Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he right. makes true. the cheddar on those. That's true, at least in this country. Injury timeouts. Oh, another $4 million yeah. coming yeah. in. No kidding. Uh, yeah, it was really weird. You know, I've come to the conclusion. I, I, I hope they run the stats on this. That extra game of playing in the season, yeah. I wonder if that's got some effect on injuries. I would guarantee it. Between injuries, people coming into the game lame, mm-hmm. tempo of the game was herky-jerky both games. Yeah. yeah. I, there's so many things. Referees deciding game, not deciding games, but having way too much say on games. Yeah. And a 15-yard penalty that decided the game, I know that by the rule of the law, it was a 15-yard penalty, but it's like, my heart's broken for that kid. He sat on the sidelines and sobbed uncontrollably. Yeah. yeah. Because momentum of him combined yeah. with... Combined with just the action of the game, I get it. It, he, it was a foul. But it's, when it's deciding the game, it's sometimes hard. you let that stuff go. And then Purdy going down in the first series. I know. And the thing that most broke my heart was Josh Johnson. Yeah. I almost cried this morning telling Super Die. Yeah. I was so heartbroken for this kid. Yeah. He was putting his mouthpiece in in the huddle in the second series he was in. He hadn't fumbled yet, which was just a bummer. But he was putting his mouthpiece in. Guys, his hand was trembling. And it was caught on national TV. From the concussion? No. No, this was just from him being nervous. nervous. Just oh, being okay. nervous. Didn't he go down with a concussion? He did go down with a concussion. And then he got a concussion. He had a fumble. He had a concussion. He couldn't move the ball. It was way too big a stage for him. Yeah. And, um, but you know, he must be, I was talking to my son about it. He must be, my son said he must be a phenomenal locker room guy because yeah. he's been in the NFL now for like 10 years. Yeah. He was a project of uh, Coach Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh back in the day at San Diego okay. State or something. He was like second, third. Um, what am I trying to say? He was a he second, was a, third string quarterback. He was he was really low, but Harbaugh got his claws into him and really made him into a bit of a QB. Gotcha. But okay. it's just weird because I feel like there were way better games all season long. Oh, there were. Oh, the yeah, the last couple of games down. really haven't been all that no. exciting. They haven't been all that fun. And I mean, the first game. It, it was because Brock Purdy went out that that wasn't a fun game to watch. Because- it just became a uh, – and I didn't even see Purdy go out. I was driving home from being downtown. At, we were meeting with a couple for lunch, and I knew I was going to miss the first quarter. But by the time I got home, it was too hard to watch. It was over. It was over. And it was yeah. like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. The funniest thing about the whole thing was McCafferty um, when he, oh, he, he came in for in? one – and he's running around, and then he decides to throw it downfield to open grass. I mean, it was there was no one even within the vicinity. I don't know where he was chucking it. He was just chucking it up. It looked like it looked like me playing flag football on on Thanksgiving with the guys from the bridge. Oh, it's wow. what, it's how it goes to show you that uh, that being on the right seat on the bus is important. Yeah, that you can be a professional football player, but not be good at that position. Anyone else feel heartbroken for two guys, Josh Johnson and the kid? I don't even know his name. Who got that? Osai. I don't know his first name, but I know his last name's Osai. The Number 59 or yeah. 58, whatever yeah. it was. 58. Oh, it just, I mean, he's on the sidelines sobbing. Yeah. The game's decided by a 15 yard because there's no way they would have kicked a field goal. It would have gone into OT. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, 
Yeah, it was a heartbreaker. So it was a weird couple of games. It was. Did you see any of it, Allie? Not really. I think I, I saw the – my son was checking in on the score, and then we turned it on. I saw the, the team – the Chiefs kicking the field goal that yeah. won it. Yeah. But I didn't see anything leading up to it. Didn't we make Can picks here? Can I tell you here? something? We did make picks oh, here. Oh, we're so far off. I, mean, I think Allie's the only one that – Who picked uh, possibly... KC? Allie picked KC. I, I don't remember who I picked. Allie picked KC, yes. and she was the only one who did. What did she, she pick KC by? Chiefs by 10, and then she said Eagles by 3. Diana said Eagles by 7. So those were the only right picks Did that I we get had. the correct teams? You got the correct yes. teams. So both Allie teams. wins. Allie wins. Allie got both teams. You get That's it. That's shocking. Can we get her a cup of coffee or something? <laughs> yeah, I'll get her. Oh, yeah, her well, favorite. <laughs> she's not going to love that very much. Don't drink coffee there. Fun fact. <laughs> a morning show host who doesn't drink coffee yeah. when I tell people that. I know. What? It's yucky. No, I'll bet they do freak out about you don't, that. I said, well, I'm allergic to it. Isn't that ir- ironic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's so much going on in the world. Um, just weird stuff happening, man. There was I, – I don't know what happened. It never made the news, but they – the Israeli forces went in with drones behind – did you see that there was major bombing in Iran going on? Of No. Oh, yeah. All kinds of bombing going on in Iran. Hmm. And uh, then it never landed on the news. We just live in a weird world today. We really do. It's a tough, tough world that we live in. I mean, this this case in Memphis. Oh, my goodness, guys. Yeah. So much going on. feel like praying. That's what I need to do right now. Yes. This is feel like praying. Father, we thank you for this day that you've made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, we have a golden opportunity in our nation to be children of God who shine brightly. And Lord, I just pray for the boom crew today. Uh, we've got, we've got, I got a text from a listener, Lord, who's just got a cancer diagnosis that is just heartbreaking. There's a lot of pain in this world today. And if you're driving right now or at home right now and you get some pain, I just want to pray over you. Father, just be the peace of God that transcends understanding. Bring mercy into our lives, I pray. Come in power, God. Just smoke us with your presence today. There is no greater joy than to walk with Jesus. And Lord, I just pray today that we'll learn together how to take our next step with you. Now, now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, coming up, we got some warning signs, and we're having fun with that all week long. And, uh, I mean, there's going to be some tough ones. We're talking a little bit about jealousy and selfish ambition because it leads to disorder and every evil practice. we got to be so careful on this one because just you think, what is the impact of jealousy and selfish ambition? And... I think a lot of us have harbored that in our heart at times. Jealousy, a little selfish ambition, but it leads to disorder in every evil practice. And it's like, well, shazam, we need to back off the jealousy and selfish ambition here a little bit. But it just creeps up in the strangest places. It does. Oh, boy. It does. So we're going to talk here coming up about where it creeps up. In the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about crazy warning signs because Allie's got these things going off in her car, and she's just not paying attention. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take it in. Uh-oh. I just haven't yet. Oh, oh no. Allie. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh. We'll get to that. Okay. But what are some of the warning signs that we have jealousy and selfish ambition? What are they? And where do they come from? And how do they sneak up on us? I was reading a manuscript for a brand new book by Dr. Thrasher. I'm, he gave me this manuscript for this book. It is amazing. Basically, the, I think the working title for the book is What Do You Do When Your Prayer Life Is Dead? And it is hmm. awesome. Ooh. I read the whole manuscript over the weekend. Wow. It's a short book, it's about 90 pages, which I love. Ooh. Love those books. Yeah. Um, no pictures, but. It's short, so it's a good book. <laughs> so coming up here in a moment, what are where does jealousy and selfish ambition creep its ugly head? We'll talk about that straight ahead. It's Carl and Crew Mornings, guys, helping you take your next step with Jesus. Let's walk it out. It's cold out there. It's crisp out there. Oh, yeah. Be careful walking down those stairs. Trust me, I know.
Walking anywhere, yeah, across the street. I'm yeah, like, you got to, yeah, yeah, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle as you go. We'll talk about it coming up here. It's like coffee, but for your ears. You're listening to Carl and Crew mornings. It's Carl and Crew mornings coming up in a minute and a half. What are some of the ways that we find ourselves getting a little jealousy, a little selfish ambition creeping in? Because James warns us that where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. Disorder and every evil practice. Mm. Yeah. That's not a good thing. No. It certainly is not. But it's so, it's so, that's one of those verses that you go, the Bible's really relevant. Yeah. The Bible really speaks to all of life. Oh, my goodness. In high def. Hang on. We'll kick it around with you. What's your thought? Where does jealousy and selfish ambition kind of pop into our life? Text us your answer. No calls on this one. We don't want you to have to ID yourself. (laughs) 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Where does selfishness and uh, envy and selfish ambition creep in? Coming up. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, you guys did it again. We went out to Morningstar on Friday. If you weren't with us, you need to know something. We were attempting to rally the troops, the boom crew, for 4,000 winter rescue kits for Morningstar, how they minister to people on the streets of Chicagoland, and you guys crushed it, man. I think uh, 41, 4,200 winter rescue kits came in. Unbelievable. During the morning show. Thank you so much for your incredible response. Just the the feedback that we've gotten and just really, really a great morning. It's amazing. I got to tell you something right now, Boom Crew. I mean, (laughs) in four hours of radio, you chipped in over a good chunk over $100,000. Just that's... (laughs) 4,000 of these kids, 4,000 plus. I mean, we got to watch that number about, what would this, about three minutes before 9 o'clock when we crossed the 4,000 mark. Yeah. And we got to actually see that. It's incredible. It's it's incredible, and that's not an overuse of that term. No. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. So props to you, Boom Crew. We love you guys big time. Okay, I got a question for you. Uh, When does... Jealousy and selfish ambition creep in, maybe into your life or in the lives of the gen pop out there, general population. I'm starting mm. to use that term, not gen. for jail jail term, but gen pop out in the world today. With the, the regular folks, all the, of us yeah, regular Yeah, all of us folks. regular people. When does, when does that happen? Uh, tell us, Allie. Well, I, you know, I got a chance to go to lunch with some friends of mine who I hadn't seen in a while uh, a couple weeks ago. And we're sitting around the table and everybody's giving their updates of, oh, how are the kids doing? And it was awesome. And then, you know, a couple people started sharing these deep, incredible spiritual insights. I mean, and they're going deep. It's deep water stuff. And I felt like, well, man, I don't, don't really feel like I've got anything amazing mm. to share right now. And I'm... Feeling a little bit jealous of their <laughs> spiritual depth. <laughs> then you feel bad because Do you ever find yourself in those situations oh, kind man. of scouring your brain for what have I learned lately? <laughs> it's like Oh yeah. And yeah. you know, sort of a fleeting thing. I mean, I was so obviously so thrilled for some of the awesome revelation, but there was there is this sort of sense of like when other people are experiencing great mountaintops with the Lord or great depth of insight where you can get a little bit jealous. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's real. Absolutely, well, I, it is. I I want to have something cool to share. <laughs> now, I mean that's oh, a really? that's a very real thing. Yeah. How? Do, what's the connection though between jealousy and selfish ambition and disorder in every evil practice? Well, I think if you think take that example, if you allow that to fester a little bit, that sort mm-hmm. of jealousy of maybe someone else's prayer life. There's the good jealousy that man goes, man, I want to be praying so I can hear from the Lord like that. But then there's the other motivation where you can start to try to paste on fruit for other people. Yeah, that's right. Where, yeah. okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with something to share here because not to be outdone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got to get my act together exactly. here. I think that the way I would describe jealousy or selfish ambition in myself, this is kind of how it feels is a little bit of like a, a mental or spiritual unraveling of myself. And so if that's, what's going on inside of me where I'm beginning to unravel, then 
the things around me because of the way I'm acting are going to start to unravel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm so concerned and I'm spinning in my head of, you know, oh, I've got to protect my image. I've got to look good in front of these people. I've got to, you know, I've got to do these things so that I can be approved of um, or so that people can think great of me. And so I start to strive for that. And that unraveling in my head becomes, you know, kind of physically manifested into the thing I'm trying to work out. It's so true. Yeah. Boom Crew, what is it for you? Where does jealousy and selfish ambition creep in? It's got a text message. Great insight from 1683. Jealousy and selfish ambition creep in at work. Sometimes it feels like it's supposed to. Like that's the nature of the environment, that to get ahead, you've got to be better than your peers and colleagues. And if you're not getting ahead, jealousy really takes hold. Yeah, that's Mm. such a good insight. Absolutely. And what in the world do we do to, to kind of disarm that thing? We'll be talking about that today, too, because there's an answer. If you can't stick around, just go to the next verse, because this verse that we're looking at comes out of James 4, verse 16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder. There will be, not might be, there will be disorder in every evil practice. Just James go to the 316, next verse. just so you are got the Oh, reference. yeah, 316, mm-hmm. not 416. Um, 316, and then just look at verse 17. Go on and check it out. I mean, it's really cool stuff. Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carlin Crew Showcast. Just go to carlincrew.org. We're in James 3.16, and here's the passage. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will, there will be disorder in every evil practice. Now, that is so true. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And even if the disorder, I mean, this can happen with friends. A little jealousy, a little selfish ambition creeps in, and there can be disorder with those friends. All of a sudden, you, you can be lifelong friends, and boom, be, things begin to blow up and change a little bit. But somebody had a great insight. They said theirs is envy more than jealousy. When I see married couples who seem to have a natural connection and a deep love for one another, mm. an area where my husband and I struggle, Bless your heart and thanks for being honest. That's very real. Oh, I totally. And I think think this can definitely, and this is where it's hard to even talk about, whether it's a, a jealousy of another married couple or jealousy of when you see someone else's children really doing yeah. well and maybe your children are going through a season of struggle or they're away from the Lord. And you almost, you feel so guilty over the, because you want to be happy for things going well for other people. But yeah, what do you do with that kind of deep-seated jealousy when, at the root of it is, man, this person's winning in an area where I feel like I'm not. And there's, and I want to cheer for him, but boy, it's hard. Yeah, so let's go ahead and tag that because you asked, what do you do? Let's go on. In verse 17, it says this, but the wisdom from above. Oh, by the way, this is all in the context of wisdom. So it's, isn't this interesting? Because verse 15 is, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly and spiritual and demonic. So then verse 16, where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above, verse 17, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Wow. Isn't that sweet? That's good. So maybe this morning, what we need to do is just you, Boom Crew, be praying as you're driving or you're at home and go get just Give me this wisdom that comes down from above, because that's pure. You can just sit on that word. It's just pure. And you know what that purity allows you to look at other people's wins and go, right on. Don't have it right now, but right on. Congratulations. Celebrating other people's victories rather than getting jealous and envious. I think it's good to be able to own those difficult emotions. I talk to my kids a lot about emotions are sticky. You know, oftentimes you find yourself feeling things that you wish you weren't uh, at the wrong times, or it feels like this is the wrong thing to feel right now. I feel happy when maybe I should be sad. My daughter was wrestling with, uh, we had a loss in the family. She's like, I don't feel like I feel sad enough. I mean, I'm sad that they're gone, but I I don't, I didn't know them that well. And so she was wrestling with, so sometimes. I don't feel sad enough. Bless her heart. And so we get these emotions that come at us. And I think the, the, good thing to start with is to just be honest before the Lord with what you're really feeling yeah. Don't, before you try to put like a happy bow on it. Like, Lord, I feel jealous of that couple at church who seems like their marriage is really doing well. 
help me to help me to process this. Give me the wisdom to see what you're doing. Yeah, Ali, you're right on. Um, that is so what Ali just said is right on the money. Why don't you, rather than skirting around the fringes of that emotion, just dive right into the middle of it and go, God, this is what I'm feeling. Now, there's a little jealousy here. God, bring down the wisdom that is pure from you right now. Just pure. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. One of the things we're celebrating is God really worked through you on Friday, these winter rescue kits. We were out broadcasting live. If you missed it, we were at Morning Star Mission uh, all morning long. In four hours, you, the Boom Crew, raised over what? Over 100K. Over $100,000. 4,000 rescue kits. That's 4,000 rescue kits. They're $25 each, these winter rescue kits that have hats and gloves and all the winter essentials handed out to people in need in Chicagoland. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable response. I just want to say thank you for those of you who participated or prayed, just listened and cheered along. Thank you for the incredible response. The folks at Morningstar were just blown away by your generosity. Yeah, it's so cool. It is so cool. And uh, by you know what? We've got something else coming up. We got share coming up in March, uh, but we've got a really cool pre-share thing that I'm. I we're going to tell you about it soon. I got the green light from Matt that we can tell folks about it and get them on board early. But the, the, your generosity, Boom Crew, is so awesome. It's just staggering. So props to you, big time. Love you guys. Here's a good one. Jealousy rears up. When my children look up to or confide in other family members who are more hip or cool, oh. it hurts like I've been replaced. Thank you so much for that candor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, here's what Allie was saying earlier is so true. If you can get in touch with that emotion right there, a lot of us maybe have felt that right there, but we yeah. don't stop to go, I'm feeling jealous right now. We just feel it. Mm-hmm. But it's good to talk to yourself and go, I'm feeling jealous right now. I'm in, I have some selfish ambition going on in my heart right now. And that's healthy because then we can move on to verse 17 and pray, oh, God, give me the wisdom from above that is pure and peaceable and gentle and open to reason. How powerful is that statement? Amen. Open to reason. Full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Impartial and sincere? Are you kidding me? We we live in a world of partiality all over the place. But to be impartial and sincere? I mean, how cool is that? We know that that has to be a work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. Jealousy is one of those things. I kind of put it in a category kind of like fear. where there's It's all over Scripture we see not to fear. But we know that... Fearful moments happen. Fearful seasons happen. So instead of trying to dance around it or pretend that you're not feeling jealous or not feeling fearful, to go to God with those hard emotions. Big time. Big time. So where are you getting stuck here, Boom Crew? Think about this. That we're getting a lot of text feedback here. Where are you finding yourself getting stuck with jealousy and selfish ambition? How does it manifest itself? Getting good feedback here. Some people are are uh, maybe wrestling like this one who texted in and said, and I look at other people's marriages and I'm like, man, I wish I had that. Now, let me, let me just dispel that one on this marriage thing. I've been in the people business long enough to know. There's battles in every great marriage. Those things don't just happen. They're fought for. They're prayed for. I mean, real intimacy and friendship. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I was telling someone this the other day. I said, my, my bride and I are so different from each other. It's almost crazy. Mm-hmm. But God brought us together. And the stuff that I did not like about my bride over now 35 years of marriage, which is hard to believe. I told my bride, I said, I'm almost married to a 60-year-old. I can't believe this. She goes, hey. Still in my 50s. Just let's <laughs> hang on here, buddy. But I, if, if I, all I can tell you is, and we don't have it down pat at all, but if you can begin to humble yourself under God's mighty hand, the stuff that used to drive me crazy about my bride, and I know she could say this about me, I now enjoy. It's a crazy thing how that works. Yeah. 
I mean, I used to be driven bat crazy by some of her stuff. And now – And I'm sure it went both ways. Oh, no. I, I'm <laughs> – sister, I gave her <laughs> way more things to be bat crazy about than than she did to me. But what my point is is that it – if if you bring it before the Lord, you can over time begin to celebrate the stuff that once drove you crazy. Isn't that crazy? It is. And also when you're when you're looking at other people's marriages, a word of caution. You you never see the full picture. That's what I was trying to say. You I know, didn't get it out. And but. you especially now with social media and, and you you see glimpses of people's lives in a lot of different ways that are look like the ideal. Yes. And it's easy to go, well, my life, my marriage, my kids, my whatever doesn't seem to quite measure up to everybody else's glossy images. Yeah. Be careful. You're not seeing the full thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, coming up, we're going to take more of your text messages. Text messages only. We're getting some real vulnerable feedback here. We're not going to shout out. We don't get your name, and we're not going to shout out your last four numbers of your phone number on this one. We'll We'll just lay them out there. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Here's a truism for you. We yes. don't know what we don't know. That's true. Is that true? Very yeah. true. We don't know what we don't know. Uh, we just rolled out a cool little reading plan. Dr. Jim Coakley was one of the elders at 180 Chicago and a prof here of Old Testament at Moody Bible Institute is going to be providing some, he's done a lot of work on this. He's going to provide some insights, things to, for you to be looking for, some homiletic understanding of what's going on in the text. And so sometimes maybe you read the Old Testament and you go, well, what what's going on here? Book of Judges is an amazing book. It's loaded with Great content. The book of Ruth goes without saying good stuff. But reading through Judges and Ruth for 28 days in February is going to be a phenomenal exercise for you. And we've got a link for that right now. You just text the word plan, right, Allie? Yep. Just text plan to 312-274-9624. You're going to get a link. takes about a minute to sign up and make sure that your name is on the list to get those email blasts. So text the word plan to 312-274-9624 and then take that next step to yeah. fill out the form. Really cool. So the question is why? Why read, why read scripture? And I... Stumbled into something here in 2 Timothy 3.16, which is very, if, you, if you're new in Christ, you might not know this for sure, but if you've been walking with Jesus any length of time at all, you've heard 2 Timothy 3.16, for all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Now, I want to tell you very candidly, the word of God does not disappoint. If you want to know some stuff, awesome. If you want to be convicted by some stuff, awesome. If you want God to put some guardrails around your life to keep you aligned with him, the word of God can do it. And then if you want to get trained in something, nothing like cracking open the word of God to get these biblical principles and then get trained in them. But here's the cool progression in this passage. I just gave it to you. All scriptures God breathed and useful for, and I'd never seen this before, guys. Never seen this before. For instruction, that to me is a as a word that indicates in the original language indicated as well. That's like something goes into your head, right? Okay, yes. Conviction, boom, it moves from the head to the heart. Correction, notice the progression here, head, heart, correction. Now it's like God puts guardrails on us. It's like, here we go. Don't go left, don't go right. This will get you aligned with me. And then training in righteousness. Now this is where you begin to do... Um, almost like hit training spiritually. You know, I'm like, I'm working it out. So this is a cool thing. And here's what I would say. It is possible to be missing out on the promises of God and even missing out on a fruit-bearing life because you don't know some stuff. And the only way to know some stuff is to open up the Word of God. The word of God, when you open it up and you and you begin to have discovery, it goes into the head and you go, oh, whoa. Okay, and I don't care what this is, a parenting skill, a relational skill, a spiritual discipline, a cautionary tale, 
whatever it is, it's like, oh, my goodness. So, like, when I was in Israel, I made it a practice of walking away from one of these archaeological digs or um, Hazor or these cities that we went through and and go, all right, more than just a city that was conquered by Joshua, what is the lesson in it for me here? And that's what the Word of God can do. See, 2 Timothy 3.16 is referring back to the Older Testament, and it's saying, read these things. Why? Because you'll know some stuff that has a tendency to bring conviction into your heart. God then brings guardrails around you, a little correction, and then you can begin to start walking that thing out, training in righteousness, a little hit training for the soul. So I just want to encourage you, jump into it. If you are not open in the Word of God, this is a golden opportunity. I mean, I had a kid walk up to me after church yesterday. His name's Santiago. Call him Santi. And he looked at me, and, he's, and he says this, Pastor Carl, God's Word is amazingly oh, relevant. I love that. Hmm. Man. He's just a young kid. He goes... It is so powerful. I said, Santi, that's so true, man. And it is true. But sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And God might want to illuminate something in your life because sometimes we're sitting on things in our life that God's like, don't be sitting on that. But we can't get convicted what we haven't heard. And we can't then be corrected in what we haven't heard and been convicted by, and we can't train in righteousness that that we haven't heard, been convicted by, and been corrected by with God. But the flip side is, shazam, you get into the book and look out. Yeah. So if you want to jump in on this reading plan, it's just for the month of February, 180 Chicago, Carl's Church, and then Dr. Jim Coakley, who's a favorite, a regular here on our show. Uh, text the word plan. We'll get you set up. Text plan to 312 274 9624. I love that he's doing it for these Old Testament books. Sometimes those are the ones where a little more guidance and context can really open things up for you. Big time liberating. Text the word plan to 312-274-9624. Coming up here in a minute, we might even have a little surprise for you. Really? Oh, yeah. Hey, Boom Crew. This is Matt Forte. Huddle up because we're taking our next step with Jesus here on Call and Crew in the Morning. You know how you stand in faith? How's that? Well, according to Jesus' last words in the Sermon on the Mount, you read the word, you hear the word of God, and you apply it. And that's what we've got for you. If you're just waking up, getting going, my surprise is going to be to get Jim in here, but his phone's going straight to a message. I know he's up and rolling. Jim Coakley, if you're driving down the road, give us a jingle here in the studio, my friend. Come on, give us a call. Because i got to get him on the horn here. I want him to explain this one. That was my surprise. Jim, you're the surprise for the boob crew. Surprise! Call in. He's always listening when he's driving into school. If somebody knows Jim Coakley and lives nearby him, go knock on his door. No, he's up. He's up and Do you think he's in his office already? I just just emailed him, so... He might be in his office. He checks that, like, right away, too. Okay, uh, Jim Coakley is the... He's just a... This guy lives to get people in the Word of God. And he'll do anything to help it happen. So he's got some cool little commentary for a 28-day read-through of Judges and Ruth. And you might say, and by the way, if you're in a reading plan right now, stick with it. But if you don't have a reading plan cooking right now, do it. Jump in for the month of February. Just text the word PLAN to our number here, 312-274-9624. Just the word PLAN to 312-274-9624. Two, four. I uh, just got some word that um, a lot of surprises here today, uh, but just got some word. We are going to help Allie. She's got a dilemma. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she's got a because she's been her, here course. five years and she got this acrylic number five that's about five inches tall. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about an inch thick and you stand it up and it just says five. Okay. Right. Because she's five. been here five been at years. Moody Radio for mm-hmm. five years. Yeah, been officially. here five years, and which is amazing. That she survived this long with Jonathan. I mean, with me. Uh, but it's it's really cool that she's been here for five years. But she's got a slew of gifts that she can pick from. So what we're oh. going to do is help have you, Boom Crew, help her pick from the gifts. Now the the gifts. I love it. Moody wants to buy me a gift. That's yeah. what yes. they do when you get to five years and then mm-hmm. ten and fifteen. And they give you this whole array of things that you can pick from. And we're going to give you what that list is. <laughs> I'm sure because no. they're, they're quite humorous. 
and uh, uh, you get to you get to uh, cast your vote for Allie to see which one she should get. She's brave. <laughs> Hang on, we'll get to that in a minute now. <laughs> oh yeah. It's time to help Allie pick her five-year gift. And we've got ideas already coming in. Somebody was wondering, is is this a signed picture of Carl or his book? (laughs) Can you imagine? Could you imagine? (laughs) Well, I can kind of imagine that. Can you? No. Yeah. But I'd love to say that just to get Allie. It's a picture of me. Here's five years of working with me. Here you go. go. More of Carl. Put me on your wall. (laughs) Can you imagine a glossy... A black and white glossy. <laughs> it's just a way to say oh, you're welcome, Alex. Just a I way, just a way to say. Great. Oh boy! Thank you, thank oh, you very I much. That. Okay, so the funny thing that. about this website, they send you this website where they have about uh, 25 different gift options for oh, you, word. and some of them are predictable. So you have like your standard Moody logo pin. Like if I wanted a, a nice moody gold pin, okay. that's predictable. But then they also have. Let me scroll. Oh man, down no a way would I want that. <laughs> then they would also you want have, that young thunder a moody pin? Well, see, dress no. codes way in the day used to be dressier, so women you could wear it on your your lapel or your jacket or your blazer. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Or men on their ties, that kind of thing. I mean, okay. no so, knock. I love moody, no, no, but I, I'm not going to wear I, a but, pin. So that want that i could also get a genesis 7.25 inch circular saw so i could get an iLive tailgate speaker what? I could, yeah i could get a set of two helmets not for just bike one. riding i could, like <laughs> set of two two, two helmets. set of two helmets i could get a hamilton beach toaster oven <laughs> I'm listening here. What else is on this get, list? I could get um, a deluxe multi-tool like pocket knife thing. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. I'm laughing so hard. I could also get a, a, a climate traverse single hammock. What? What is it? A hammock. That actually sounds kind of good. Or what do you I mean? Can, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. It's a hammock. A hammock. What, they call it a climate traverse. Climate traverse single hammock. I could also get oh. a black and decker corded trimmer. Like a weed whacker? Oh, I thought it was a nose hair trimmer. No. <laughs> yes, get that one. I, I could get a sleeping bag, a Coleman 30-degree Fahrenheit sleeping bag. A 30-degree. That won't keep you warm right now. <laughs> that won't, you, you freeze to death in that sucker right now. So you could see my dilemma because there's a lot of different directions oh, I el- could go What here. else is on the list? There's Come also some, some really cool backpacks, like a hydration pack. Oh, cool. Now that's up runner. your alley. You need a that. That sounds like for walking. Four-piece <laughs> knife set. No. I don't know. And then there's also a reciprocating saw. So I have the option between a circular <laughs> saw or a reciprocating saw. Hold on. There's a reciprocating saw on this list? Yes. Oh, for crying out loud. And a jigsaw. I, that, that, there's three saw. different saws I could choose from. Are these? Oh, I'm sorry. This is too funny. So I am Man. really torn. Oh. Do any of those, Boom Crew, based on what you've heard so far, any of those sound like ones that I should pick? What do you think, What Young do you Thunder? think? What should I pick? I I don't know. I think I'm going for the hammock. I guess. But what, I live in the city. Where am I going to put a hammock? You got a, you got a big backyard. I, I a, no, I live in my by two foot. patio. <laughs> what was the hydration the, one? The water The backpack hydration backpack? thing? Well, she walks really? a lot. She likes to walk. They've also got an IV saline solution. No, I just thought, I didn't mean that. I just thought of Allie taking, <laughs> walking, walking around the, the block with a backpack <laughs> with a straw. Saying thank you, Moody. In the on the north side, oh, that's awesome. You know, I, that doesn't seem like me. There's there's some uh, Rachel Ray bakeware set. Oh, Rachel Ray, nice. who's Rachel Ray? You don't know who you Rachel know Ray is. Rachel Ray is thirty minute meal. I'm sorry, she's a classic baker. Classic, oh, yeah. She's got a talk show now. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm missing out on Rachel. Yeah, so I think sure my, here's my that's top three. Stuff. I'm looking at the bakeware set. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also is it the looking, no stick thing? I'm lo- also looking at a two piece luggage set that has a shoulder duffel and a backpack that match. They kind of look like camping gear, but I think you know that could be good for like a, a weekend trip oh. or a ca- uh, a ten inch camping Dutch oven. Camping? Oh oh Why are oh, you oh, camping? oh oh! Hold on a second, Dutch oven. 
That is awesome. She doesn't go camping. Yeah, but that'll yeah, inspire her oh, to do it. That is true. That is true. <laughs> I saw the dust up in the Small detail. No, small detail. Just small no details. Oh, goodness. The got, circular right. saw is a hoot. Can you imagine Allie ordering a circular saw <laughs> or a reciprocating saw? <laughs> I, oh you know boy. what? I'll, I'll give Moody some props. Those are great gifts. That's a really diverse potpourri of And gifts. we just yes. got someone who said the, all of these gifts seemed geared towards men. No, I no, did, no. There are some quite a few jewelry options on there as well. So oh, there are okay, definitely yeah. – there's some balance there. But You were throwing it, out the funny sounding it ones. It really is one of the most unique gift options that I've ever seen. <laughs> I can oh, I can man. understand and agree with that. I'm laughing so hard. I, I, mean, I have Moody tears. Moody might buy me face. a circular saw. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Does your workplace do that just... for you? At five years. At five years, do you get a circular saw? By the way, what's the brand of that circular saw? I, I don't know. Look it up. Okay, See it's a Genesis one. circular saw. That's yeah, a piece of. Or a reciprocating saw, or an amp, really good saw. Or a steel five saw. amp jigsaw. I don't even know what a jigsaw you know does. What? Is that a puzzle? No, no, no! A jigsaw actually. <laughs> it's a jig- it's, a, it's is it a, is is it electrical or is it hand manual? Now jigsaw. you're asking me to do more research on this. It is, um, variable speed control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it's electrical, uh, electrical jigsaw. Jigsaw is something that you have that you can do cool little. Um, you, you know, you can carve cool little corners in things, and you oh, can actually cut out intricate. your name, okay. or, mm-hmm. or you could. You could carve out of a piece of plywood, you know, you could five make a years puzzle. go alley. Or, you <laughs> yeah. know, you could do that and yeah. then spray paint it. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you, Moody. Thank you, Moody, for wanting oh, to bless word. me at five years. Give me a saw. Coming up here in two minutes, we got our surprise with us. Dr. Jim Coakley is going to talk about the reading plan. Yes. Love it. How'd you find him, Super Die? He well, found us. He found us. And actually, can we take him now? Oh, we got to get him in? Yeah. He's probably got a class yes. going. Oh, let's get him so, in yeah. here. Jim, how's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going good. I was just on with uh, Florida this morning. They're 80 degrees. What are we doing with here in Chicago oh, at 12? Yeah. You, you could have left that bit of information out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got a read-through going through Judges and Ruth. Tell us about it, Jim. I want the boom crew to all jump on board if they don't have a reading plan going. It's just for 28 days, right, my friend? Yeah, it's 28th for the month of February, so we're calling it the Bible Reading Challenge. And basically, it's a chapter a day, and uh, so you're reading through Judges and Ruth. And basically, we just kind of set up a little summary of each chapter. Uh, but then also, I kind of give pointers as to what you should be looking for. Uh, so kind of hopefully uh, people will read that before they read the chapter. to be able to sharpen their Bible reading uh, observation skills. But then I have uh, some prayer prompters at the end that based on uh, what's encountered in the text uh, for that day, uh, what to be praying for. And so Judges and Ruth, again, are very chaotic period of time, and we yeah. live in a time of spiritual and moral decline, political decline. And uh, so I thought that will be appropriate for us uh, to go through as a church, but then a the wider audience uh, through the books of, of Judges and Ruth this, uh, this next month. That's great. 28 days. And Dr. Jim, you've been working hard on this, buddy. Oh, yeah. It's uh, especially Judges and Ruth. It's uh, not easy when you start uh, dealing with, you know, kind of the, 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 the underbelly of uh, what human nature can be. Yeah. Uh, but yet uh, that's true to life. And that's the, one of the beauties about God's word. It touches upon uh, the raw realities of living in a fallen world. And yet uh, there's still hope and there's still, uh, again, God at work, even in the midst of that. And I think that's the encouragement uh, for this reading for this month of February. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Jim, thank you for ducking in here. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy Oh, you're guy. welcome. And what? I'll, yeah, head to class. And, yeah, uh, head to I'll class. We'll have a bigger class in the month of February. Yeah, oh, you aren't great. kidding. There's going to be a big class month of February. Way to go. Thank you, Dr. Jim Coakley, everybody. Okay, get signed up for this plan. Text the word PLAN to 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624, PLAN. All right, we're going to see if Allie's got a conclusion here. Um, <laughs> and by the way, we are so grateful. I'm that, so grateful. I really am. We work at a place that does this it, in five years. It, it's really precious. It really is. It's. I mean, and to have these are good value items. Yeah, I mean, I there's mean, some good stuff in there. So I'm going to make my pick here. All right, hang on. We're going to get the lowdown from Allie in two minutes. <laughs> okay. Allie Domerson, <laughs> your final answer for your five-year gift, what shall it be? I am going to go with 
the cooler. Yay! Yay! I love the person who said, be practical, get the cooler. Yes, <laughs> Thank absolutely. You. That's my cooler. Yep, I think the cooler will get more use. So we're going to go with the 42-can wheeled cooler. It'll be good for some summer gatherings. Yes. So thank you so much, Boom Crew, for your help. And I'm sorry that I've wasted so much of your time talking about this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I could see Allie with that, you know, hatch back up on her SUV and uh, with that speaker going or sitting on the tailgate. Don't, don't think so. No, 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 Jamming no. with her Second kids guess. out in the park. No. She could be throwing tailgates at her husband's games that he coaches. <laughs> Indoors, though. Yes. Well, no, you could be outside <laughs> and throwing tailgate parties. <laughs> Henry's at your wife out in the parking lot with that big speaker. Yeah, she's doing another tailgate. Could you tell her to stop? I'm going with the cooler. That's my final answer. Is this Chris Chris Seagard, our tech extraordinaire, who helped us last Friday? What do you say? He goes, cooler, exclamation point. Seagard needs to borrow it in (laughs) August to transport 100 pounds of smoked meat out west for a wedding. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) LOL. Yeah. No problem. You can boom through, you can borrow it anytime. <laughs> it can be a community cooler. That's awesome. I love that Chris. Great. Oh, it's too great. Funny. All right, guys, we're rolling here today. We're talking about warning signs all week long. And today we want to get back right back into the huddle here around a warning sign. It's found in the book of James, chapter three. And this is one of those that kind of sneaks up on you. Yes. I mean, it sneaks up on you is a good way of putting it because you get this feeling kind of in your gut, and you go, oh, I don't really like that. Yeah, and uh, what leads to disorder in every evil practice? You might say, well, that's like communism, right? No, it's something a little more Mm. mundane than that, Yeah, and we can all struggle with it. We'll get to that straight ahead. Walk in with Christ, one step at a time. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. When we think about our discipleship and walking with Jesus— You know, we are going to live in a battlefield, and there's going to be temptation for us to get jealous or to have selfish ambition when we look at other people's situations in in general. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not like you're driving down the road. It's usually in the context of relationships and other people and what they have. A couple of vulnerable things that came up here that comes right out of James 3.16, by the way. Somebody said, you know, I, I look at other people's marriages and I can get jealous and get envious because I see something that looks so put together. And I feel like, man, I want that in my marriage. And the question is, what do you do when you aspire to something and not let it become jealous? We'll get to that or let it foster jealousy because the promise from James here is it produces disorder in every vile practice. And I've seen this, man, when you yeah. have jealousy and Selfish ambition run amok. It gets ugly. It can divide teams. It can divide marriages. It can divide you name it. I mean, come on. Your husband coaches basketball. And jealousy and selfish ambition, sometimes a head coach's job is to do nothing more but to manage those kind of emotions. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, because there's you win as a team, but there are sometimes when a team wins, but there are players who are not happy because they're – our own personal performance wasn't what they wanted it to be. And and that happens all the time in every in, in every context where it's hard to cheer for wins when you don't feel like you're winning. So, totally. So true. Uh, somebody else texted in that they feel this at work. They, they have a culture at work where it feels like, oh, boy, you got to be stepping up here and there. And performance metrics are important. But what do you do with that as a Christian rather than getting jealous about somebody else's performance metric that is outstripping yours that week or that month? And how do you handle that? We'll get into that in just a little bit. Someone else mentioned something really cool, and that is they 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 hurt when they, they want to be the guiding force in their kid's life, but their kid finds other relatives or other people way more hip than you. Yeah. And my heart goes out to the boom crew because that is so honest. That is just tremendous to deal with that. And and what Allie was saying earlier is own that emotion. Don't veer away from it. Just call it what it is. Like, Lord, I'm feeling jealous right now. Uh, My friend or my sister or my coworker got something and I – 
I want to be happy for them, but right now I feel jealous. Like, yeah. Just be that explicit about it because until you call it what it is, when you kind of dance around it, it you squash it and you don't actually deal with it. Yeah, this is, this is great. This is a big warning sign. We're going to hit warning signs all week long, but that's a big one right there. Hang out with the team after the show. Just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Curl and Crew Mornings. Well, Boom Crew, we got a treat for you. Dr. John Kessler, faculty emeritus here at Moody Bible Institute and Pastoral Studies. And we're going to give you his website here a couple of times this morning. So you're going to love this. He's a contributing editor and columnist for the Moody publication Today in the Word. His podcast and blog is called A Stranger in the House of God, and he's with us right now. Good morning, Doc. How are you? I'm good, Carl. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my goodness. What do we do on social media? You've got some thoughts here. I think the dilemma for a lot of people with social media is some people are scared to death to speak. Others are not frightened at all to speak, and they should be. What precipitated this discussion for you? What caused you to cogitate on the trouble with meme activism? Well, for me, it was sparked by a kind of disturbance I felt as I was, like many other people, sort of scanning my social media feeds. And I noticed there was one particular uh, meme that that kept sort of popping up that was a quote from attributed to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to, is to act. And I've actually noticed it over the past few years. And there was something about it that bothered me. You know, I like Bonhoeffer, and actually, you know, the quote is sort of impressive, but there was something that felt wrong about it. And so I I began to sort of analyze how we communicate on social media, why it doesn't really work, and why statements like that really aren't doing anything. And that's, I think that's really at the heart of what I felt was a problem, that we've come to see memes as a form of activism when really they're they're not. (laughs) They're something less than that. What are they? I mean, because I think, let's, let's just cut to the chase here. I think sometimes if you see a meme, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act, or a Facebook post that's Oh, let me just be candid. It seems like that almost grants license for some people to be angry evangelicals, yes. I like to call them, just angry yeah, Christians. Fact, exactly right. I think part, part of the problem is the nature of social media itself, that the, the way social media works is that it rewards strong emotion, particularly anger, so that it makes you know it makes people inclined to want to sort of lash out and make these statements. And I, and I think this statements like this, memes like this, are really not modes of communication. They're actually forms of propaganda because the impo- the point is not to persuade. You know, when you see a meme like that, they're not reaching out to people who disagree with them in order to persuade them to think otherwise. They are either speaking to their own audience in in the hopes of sort of building the platform and getting it promoted, or it's really just a kind of a slap in the face to the people who have a different view. I also think that, well, what's actually going on? I think that this sort of meme morality is a mode of self-flattery. It's a a form of what's called virtue signaling, you know, where we're really trying to tell everybody what we think. And then, of course, we want people to get on board with that. Even if they may not really think about it, it's exerting a kind of pressure on people to affirm this position. And it's also superficial. I think that's a problem with it. That yeah. It's asking for a response without really having people think about it. I think a lot of people, in fact, I know a lot of people look at um, Jesus telling his disciples as he sent them out two by two, if they don't receive your word, kick the dust off your feet. And it's kind of, that's the way it's kind of interpreted in their heart is, well, the heck with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they look at Jesus's woes in Matthew to the Pharisees and calling people whitewashed tombs and uh, dirty, filthy travel mugs and different things like that. And I think that without a correct understanding and a good, frankly, a good hermeneutic, an understanding of how to study Scripture, we can feel self-justified in Christian anger. I want you to explain why that's misplaced. 
Well, first of all, because it's one-sided, you know, that, and because, yes, there is a place in Christian experience for anger and even for um, a sense of outrage, you know, I mean, that's how we feel when we see genuine injustice. But those examples of what Jesus says to the religious leaders, even instances of anger that you find in Scripture, number one, that's not that really was not Jesus' predominant mode in relating with people. Jesus was was not a person who went around angry all the time, and and I think you yes. know in our culture today we've really seized on that. We've got permission to be angry, and we like it. And in social media, you have a structure that reinforces that. So the and that's the real problem here isn't memes. You know, the problem is our inability to engage in conversation and that the church has quickly lost the art of being able to converse. The church seems to have sort of fallen in this pattern of one of a one predominant emotional mode, particularly in re, in responding and interacting with those with whom it disagrees. And that's anger and outrage. And that's not persuasive. You know, if if your goal is to communicate your idea and change somebody's mind, outrage is probably not the first thing you want to go to. Yeah, that's right. Dr. John Kessler is our guest right now. By the way, if you want to find him, go to johnkessler.com. I'm going to spell this out for you. John Kessler, K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R.com, johnkessler.com. K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. Check it out. I think you're going to be incredibly compelled. Okay, coming up here, Doc, I want to discuss um, why people are angry and what that says about us. And I want to throw myself in there because we can all struggle with misplaced anger. When we have anger that is not righteous anger, and by the way, that righteous anger is the rare exception. Jesus is clear with that. I mean, it's rare. And it's, by the way, aimed at the religious elite, not the lost, for sure. So what is going on with that anger? Coming up, Dr. Kessler, answering that question and a whole lot more. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. We're back with Dr. John Kessler, faculty emeritus of Moody Bible Institute and pastor, in pastoral studies, that is. We're talking today about memes and culture. All right, Doc. Um, we were talking a little bit about anger and a lot of these memes and social media posts, not just memes. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't lump them all together. Are born out of anger. And I agree with you. You say a lot of this is misplaced. I like to answer the question, why, though? Because I think a lot of people need to, we need to dig down and go, what's at the core of this anger? What's at the core of angry Christianity that needs to be repented of, Doc? Well, I think if you would ask us, what we would say is that what's at the core of it is injustice and sin, and, you know, we have a sense of outrage against sin. And I think there may be, certainly may be a grain of truth in that. There is sin in the world that shapes it. There is plenty of injustice to go around. But again, I feel that we're being one-sided in our view of it, particularly since in our, this generation seems to have rehabilitated the whole notion of anger. And we have forgotten that anger is also uh, has its root in the flesh. And in fact, the Bible has more that's negative to say yes. about anger than it does positive. And so if you ask, well, why are we so angry? Well, frankly, one reason we were angry is because the flesh likes anger. It, it leans toward it. In fact, when you look in those descriptions that Paul gives in the epistles of our before, the before and after, what, what yes. our life was like before grace came in and before Christ took over, one of the things that he mentions consistently is anger, that we were angry, that we were hated, that we were hateful and hated, you know, that that's, that is a, that's part of the culture of the flesh is to show no patience, no grace, to, to want to use power and force to compel people to do what we want them to do. Uh, Dr. John Kessler, my guest right now, to dig a little deeper on this, if we go down and go even below that, there's an unmet need that Jesus must, it, we're not allowing him to fill. If yeah. we're anger, if we're if we're manifesting unrighteous anger in our life, in memes or in posts, 
there's something that's manifesting inside us where the peace of God is not. Yeah, yes, yes. In fact, you know, when you ask yourself in general and uh, in ordinary human experience, where where does anger crop up? Most of the time, anger is a a function of not feeling like we have control. That of not, you know, we can't yeah. get people to do what we want them to do. And so we are angry with them. We keep, God doesn't do what we want him to do. Yes. And so we yes. get angry with him. You know, it it, it is often a, a kind of a normal emotional response in those situations where we feel powerless. And then, of course, our reaction is to try to create structures that grant us power. So if we go back to the issue of, you know, what I call uh, meme activism, often what's happening with memes is it is a kind of coercive attempt to move people along a certain line. We want you to, you need to agree with this. You don't have to even necessarily be persuaded of it. I'm not making an argument for whatever this position is that the meme is asserting. I just need you to assert it. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't agree, if you don't click like, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't copy this and uh, post it for someone else, then you're a bad person because it must mean that you agree with whatever bad thing. You're complicit in whatever bad thing is taking place. I think that anger grows out of this sense of powerlessness. And I agree with you that it there is a, a loss of a sense of God's control in the world, even in the worst of it, yeah. you know, in our age. That uh, I've, I've one of the things I often say is that God must dearly love a mess because he's always yes. in the midst of it, yeah. you know. That's so and, true. You know, I, I one final question I have here for you, because a lot of people say, okay, great. Does that mean you want me off social media, Dr. Kessler? Does that mean that uh, Christians should be passive? Uh, should we not say anything? Uh, well, that's part of the fear, isn't it? That's yeah. the part of the fear is that if we don't do this, then other everybody else will be in control, and and right. they'll take over. They'll take over the social media platforms. And of course, first of all, that doesn't that, that does not seem to give God much credit for being in charge of things. And it might very well be a good practice for us to back off from our involvement in social media. I, you know, we really need to begin to ask ourselves how it's affecting us. I think a more constructive approach is f- for the church to reclaim its heritage of silence, reflection, and patient response. In that is, uh, the church needs to reclaim its conversational heritage. That it needs to learn how to have a conversation again. And uh, I think the church is fundamentally equipped for that because its foundational disciplines are disciplines of reading listening and speaking. And when you look at the church's history, you know, how it how it came to the place where it where it was able to sort through its differences on foundational doctrines. Even in the scriptures, you see that it grew out of a heritage of communication and conversation. People who disagreed with one another talked about it, thought about it. They persisted in this difficult interaction with one another on those points where they were not on the same page. Yeah, I think the church needs to reclaim that. I think you're right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I've I've made a lot of I've written a lot of posts that I've deleted. I've written yeah. a lot. I, re- I really have, yeah. and I have a great bride. Uh, I've had a couple of times in the last twelve years where my brides come to me right after I made a post, and she goes, "Bub." You do not like angry Christians, and you you don't sound like one, but it's kind of edging that way. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I'll go, my first response is, ah, come on, we got to stand up And in my heart, you know. And then I, yeah. and then the spirit gets hold of me and goes, you know what, your wife is saying something wise here. Delete the stupid thing, Carl. So I delete yeah. it. But oftentimes when I do, so I've taken on the the, the, the shredding of the nuclear family. But and I I did it in a way that I felt like Spirit of God led me in grace. But then at the end of it, and I try to do this and say, let it begin with us, the family of yeah. God. So I right. try to take the sting out of it, and I notice that the responses are much more contemplative than accusatory when we say, let it begin in me, dear God. 
And isn't that, doesn't it boil down to that, Doc? That really is the heart of it. You, you need to ask yourself, what is it that I'm really trying to accomplish? Am I looking for a reaction or am I looking for reflection? Oh. If I'm looking for reflection, then how do I need to carry out this conversation? You know, it's, it's helped me to think about conversation as, a, as an act of hospitality. Uh, which is very different than say, you know, thinking of it as launching a bomb into, yep. you know, or 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 taking a shot at someone. You know, hospitality. One of the basic things with hospitality is that I am I am allowing somebody into my home. I'm providing for them. In fact, traditionally in hospitality, you know, you're wel- you're welcoming the stranger and treating them as a member of your family. So you're treating them with respect. You recognize the vulnerability of the person that you have welcomed in, and you're treating them accordingly. I think the same thing is going on with conversation. Yes. yes. You know, I've got an idea for your next podcast or article. I've got the title. Hospita- I need one. <laughs> Hospitality or hostility. What will guide your yeah. social media yeah. conversations? Because that's it's, yeah. it's really one or the other. Dr. John Kessler. That's the man, and if you want to get more from him, you can go right here to his site. He has a website, johnkessler.com, and here's the spelling, K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R. Again, that's K-O-E-S-S-L-E-R, johnkessler.com. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.